All right, welcome to Coffee with Kareem. Kareem with coffee, however you like it. Uh, I'm not on coffee today, actually. I'm not drinking coffee today. It is the holy month of Ramadan. Ramadan, the sacred month of fasting for the Islamical people. Kidding. That's not a correct word, Islamical. It's, you know, Islamic faith or the Muslim people. So yeah, Kareem, I identify as Muslim. Like, half of you guys are unsubscribing already. But uh, hear me out. So um, why aren't I drinking coffee? Well, Ramadan is a sacred month of which we observe fasting, which is no drinking, eating, or even um, sexual intercourse during the daylight hours. And, you know, growing up in the United States and dealing with Ramadan has been a very interesting experience. Uh, I remember I was 12 years old, and um, some of the kids were telling me, you know, Dude, why are you fasting? Like, your parents aren't here. Just eat, man. And they were like, give me chicken nuggets and, like, offer me, like, my favorite cupcakes and stuff. I'm like, ah, don't do that. And I'm like, I'm not fasting for my parents. I'm fasting because I believe God sees me and, and hears me and, and, and knows everything. And it's interesting because, like, a lot of people, they're like, oh, fasting, you know, why do we fast? Like, you know, this token Muslim response you get, like, oh, we fast to feel what, like, poor people feel, what the hungry feel. And although that's true, and and that is definitely a benefit, um, the Quran actually says, the Quran is the holy book for, for Muslims. It says, we prescribe fasting for you and for those before you in order to increase in your God consciousness or God awareness. And what's interesting is the Quran here is talking about how fasting is actually prescribed to other faith-based traditions. And um, certainly Hindus, Buddhists, Christians, Jewish uh, communities, they observe fasting as well. This is a part of their tradition. And Islam is no different. So Islam says it increases your God consciousness. Okay, well, how does like, as one of my friends say, how does suffering (laughs) constantly, right? All day, no food, no eating, no this, no that. And, you know, if you're a smoker too, that's a tough one, right? For people out there who smoke. Well, you know, as I was explaining to a couple of my buddies the other day who aren't Muslim and, and were asking more about it, I said, listen, in the end of the day, it's about breaking free of all these attachments that you have with the body. Um, and it also helps you realize how powerful your, your will is and the fact that you can actually get through the day, still, you know, do your job and, and do everything that you normally would do, and you're actually not eating or drinking. Sure, sometimes it's exhausting and you just want to take a nap, and sometimes I'm like, man, I wish I was, you know, a Buddhist and not a Muslim, right? But there are so many times where I'm just like, wow, this is amazing. Um, like, I'm fasting right now, and it's actually an hour away before I break fast and I've been going all day like I had a bunch of sessions today speaking with people about their problems their issues and this and that and then I was like you know what I'm gonna do my first podcast today so here we are Um, but going back to that day in when you know seventh grade when I was 12 years old and I was trying to explain to my friends and it actually kind of hit me too in a real way like oh yeah this is like what it means you know, increasing your consciousness or awareness of God. I mean, we often talk in the West about how, you know, religion is a very personal thing. My spirituality is a very personal thing. It's a private matter. You know, religion is a private thing. Well, think about this. You don't know if I'm really fasting right now. I told you I'm fasting, but maybe I did have water or a cup of coffee or I snuck a brownie in my, you know, in between sessions or whatever it is. Nobody really knows if you're fasting, you know. 
only God knows. So fasting is actually a brilliant way to establish or, if you will, practice or participate in your certainty that there is a divine presence wherever you are, right? Because you can't ex ex escape the divine presence if you really believe in the divine. So fasting is the most, that's like the most private that your religion or spirituality can get right there. Uh, at the end of the month, you also feel, you know, incredibly um, confident and competent. In fact, every day, I mean, imagine every day you accomplish fasting. Like you feel like you've accomplished this huge goal every single day. So you feel awesome. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are days where you're wicked tired and you take extra naps. But, you know, it's still an extraordinary feat. So, ironically, uh, coffee with Kareem, and Kareem is not having coffee today. Well, he will later, but he actually hasn't had coffee yet. But generally, I would love it if we're, like, we're having coffee when you're listening to my podcast, or at least at some point. I'm kidding. It's not like a coffee-only club or anything. So, why did I do this podcast? Well, frankly, a lot of people just told me I should do it. Um, not to say that I just listen to what other people tell me to do, but I kind of just took it as a sign from the universe, you know, this consistent validation from friends, family, from clients, colleagues, like, dude, you should do a podcast. I'm like, okay, let's do that. So here I am. And um, a little bit about myself. I was uh, born and raised in Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. Massachusetts and um, and then I moved out to uh, the California Bay Area 2005 to do grad school in uh, East-West Psychology so uh, I went to UMass in Boston studied psychology, philosophy, religion creative writing uh, and then I moved out here to do East-West Psychology with a focus on counseling, spiritual counseling and then later did some certifications in um, coaching life coaching, relationship coaching and currently, I, I run my own practice, um, speaking, working with clients, American Muslims, um, and also doing corporate coaching uh, in corporations, like helping with uh, international relations and social psychology, organizational psychology, blah, 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 blah. Um, I love coffee, obviously, and um, chocolate. I'm a bit of a musician, so love to pick up the guitar and uh, rock out with some friends and buddies. And yeah, so I kind of wanted to start this podcast to share definitely some very interesting stories and tales about my own life, about people I've worked with, encountered. And um, I'm really just so passionate about building bridges between communities. So faith-based communities, non-faith-based communities. I mean, I just grew up with all kinds of people. So my parents my, immigrated here from, from Egypt and um, were Turkish, Arab, Egyptian background, Middle Eastern mutts. Um, and, you know, I grew up in a, you know, West Roxbury outside of Boston, a uh, bunch of Italian, Greek, you know, uh, friends in that neighborhood growing up. And then later um, moved. Uh, and, and when I was in Boston, I went to a Roman Catholic school. So I met this Muslim kid as a Roman Catholic in, in, in Roman Catholic school. And it was actually one of the first times I, I really identified as, as Muslim, so to speak. Because um, I remember, you know, I believe in Jesus. I believe Jesus was the Messiah. I believe in the Virgin Mary, the Virgin Birth. 
um, all that stuff was 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 taught to me through my tradition. So I go to Roman Catholic school. I'm like, yeah, dude, I, you know, I'm down with most of this. I used to go to the church and all this stuff. Um, and I remember once the 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 teacher, her name was Sister Mary Julia. God rest her soul. She said, "Hey, Kareem, why don't you come in and teach us about what you believe in Jesus?" I was like, "Okay, cool." So I brought in like a prayer rug and and gave a little seminar. I'm like seven years old. This is like my first you know, Dawa lecture or, or kind of, um, uh, Islamic awareness, uh, speech that I gave. And I remember thinking, this is really interesting. Like I felt like this differentiation, this distinction. I was like, Oh, like I'm Muslim. Like that's different than what's going on here. Although I felt quite at home and I loved like my early, those years in Roman Catholic school. I really did. I had a great time. Um, education was great. The students were, were, were awesome, you know, friends of all walks of life. That's kind of my motto. Um, and then later, uh, we moved to, uh, the suburbs and we spent most of my life out in Sharon, Massachusetts. And Sharon is like your typical pristine, like all American, lovely suburb, um, predominantly Jewish town. And there was actually a strong uh, Orthodox Jewish population. So I also grew up with a bunch of my Jewish buddies out there. You know, shout out to my my Jewish buddies, and um, and of course uh, going to university in Boston, uh, a whole array of, of different types of of people in all walks of life. And I was definitely the type who I never stuck to like one crowd. Uh, I always enjoyed speaking with people of different religions, cultures, philosophies. And you know, since I was sixteen, I knew I wanted to become a psychologist. I mean, just people always fascinated me. And I thought, what greater way to know people than to study psychology and and the social sciences at large, you know, hence humanities, philosophy, sociology, um, religious studies, those types of things. Because these are very powerful ways to know what people are all about. So I always knew I wanted to be a psychologist since since high school, basically. And um, I've always enjoyed just having awesome conversations with different types of people. And I hope to bring some of them onto the show in the future. And, um, yeah, so a bit about me. That's my kind of um, simple intro. I'm sure you'll get to know me more as we continue to talk and dialogue through all kinds of matters. So today what I wanted to talk about, just to kind of wrap up the show on, on something a little more relevant, is, you know, as, as I discussed earlier, you know, I am I do identify as being Muslim, uh, although some Muslim groups wouldn't consider me Muslim, <laughs> right? And uh, that's kind of, you know, one of the things about Kareem. You know, as as I'm just feel like I've always been no man's land, man. Um, when I go to Egypt, I would always feel like I'm the outsider American. When I grow up here in America, I always felt like I'm the outsider, you know, Muslim Arab dude who was, of course, not always understood and um, had to kind of like fight to fit in. And of course, I had inferiority, white man complex, like you know, I wish I had blonde hair and it was straight and all this stuff when I was younger. And, um, uh, it was, it was just never easy to, to feel like at home anywhere. Um, and I would say even till today, you know, I don't feel fully at home anywhere. Sure. I'm more used to the United States in my life here, but, um, yeah, it's just, just never had that feeling. And I think some people out there could probably relate to what I'm talking about. Muslim in America. Um, So I've always seen my Islam as a salient way of being human. And and that's really what it comes down 
down to it for me. Like, I don't care what religion you are or no religion. It really comes down to what kind of a human being you are to me. And um, that's why, like I always say, some of the worst people I've met on earth were Muslim and some of the best people I've met on earth were Muslim. So it's like, it doesn't always have to do with the association of the religion. It has to do with how the human being expresses themselves through the framework of the religion, right? Um, So yeah, obviously today, Islam's got some horrible branding out there. I mean, Jesus Christ, excuse me, peace be upon him. Um, what just horrible branding Islam and Muslims have in the media? And you know, our Jewish brothers and sisters have experienced this in World War One and Two, and African Americans have experienced this for pretty much you know ever since uh, America was formed. Uh, other minority communities, and the list goes on and on. I'm not here to like you know cry or anything, but you know, it's just part of life in the United States. There's just a lot going on, and um. I think that um, what I wanted to end with today was, you know, I was just so touched by what happened in Portland. Um, For those of us that aren't familiar with the story, um, there were, I think, some Muslim girls with with wearing hijab and uh, the headscarf, and they were being um, harassed, verbally harassed by uh, a man. And three other white dudes... Um, one named Micah, Talishan, and Rick. Rick was like a, you know, a veteran. Uh, I think he was like in his 50s, whereas the other two guys were in their 20s. Um, all three of them stood up for these uh, young women, Muslim women. And this nutcase stabs them. And Talishan and Rick, unfortunately, were killed. They actually didn't survive. Micah from... from from what I know, is is um, in recovery. Um, but this guy, you know, the guy who killed him, you know, white supremacist type, you know, just total meathead dogma, uh, dogmatic meathead, basically. And it just goes to show you, you know, like this, I, I'm, I'm so tired of like always being on the defensive, you know, as a Muslim and people are like, oh, you're a terrorist. Uh, oh, your religion's all about terrorists. Listen. Yes, terrorism does have a religion, and it's called the religion of evil. It doesn't freaking matter what religion you are. Terrorism, dogma, you know, ignorance, it's a state of mind and mentality. And that's why you can have so many different types of Christians, Muslims, Jews, and atheists out there. Because it all, like I said, it all comes down to the person, their intention, their interpretation, and how they use the religion for their own personal agenda or glory or whatever it is. So yes, terrorism does have a religion. It's the religion of evil, and that manifests in all kinds of forms. The guy who stabbed them, he identified as a Christian. We don't call Christians terrorists now or associate Christianity as synonymous with terrorism. So let's just like drop it already. It's not Islam, it's not Buddhism, it's not this or that. It comes down to people. And just like I like to assess people case to case based on my interactions or, or relationships with them, then we need to start doing that too with other people. And and enough with the whole generalizing of, of all these of, of all these groups and, 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 and um, cu- cultures and whatever it is. I mean, it's just not healthy. It's not mature. So I was just really touched by the fact that you had these gentlemen come up. They stepped up, man. They were freaking heroes. You know, 
And um, I thought it was just such a beautiful example of A, how terrorists does not have a certain skin tone or religious affiliation or association, ethnic association. It comes down to the psychology of the person, number one. Number two, the very heroes here were also had nothing to do with their religion or their race or this and that. They saw something that was wrong and they stood up for it. And they freaking paid the price. You know, my prayers go out to their families. And I believe there's um, campaigns online uh, on like launchgood.com where you can actually help support uh, the, the victims' families. So it's just a powerful lesson. And as someone who's a human scientist and um, psychologist, I am definitely going to keep coming back to these themes of like what it means to be human. Because uh, I'm very interested in this topic existentially. And I hope that this intro to Coffee and Cream has made you interested in listening to more and i would love it if you subscribed shared with your friends and spread the word because hopefully there's going to be a lot of things that we're going to learn um through this conversation and i definitely want to open it up around taboo topics uh within religious communities specifically my community which i grew up in um i want to build bridges and conversations between communities and just really try to offer pluralistic solutions uh, to help build a more cohesive, harmonious America. Because even though I don't always feel at home, um, this is probably the place that I identify most as home. And so I got to do everything I can to make it a better place. I mean, I'm, I'm a father now too, so I want my kids to grow up in an environment that is has all the good that I experienced and more. And sometimes it doesn't seem like it's going in that direction, like getting better. But I'm going to remain optimistic and hopeful. So uh, thank you for listening and uh, please subscribe, share with your friends and I look forward to sharing more with you next time. Take care.